Right now we're going to start. And Be'ez Hashem with Siyat Dishmaya. We're going to get our momentum. But first let's just begin, discuss a little bit uh, the Seches Rosh Hashanah. The Seches Rosh Hashanah, I think it can be broken down into really three different components. Um, the first one is, uh, the first parak speaks about Arba Rosh Hashanah name. And it goes through different times of the year that are, that are the beginnings. And, um, and the next mission also speaks about the Yom Adin. But right now we're just talking about as far as, uh, as different beginnings, like different, different, um, uh, different halachas have different triggers. Uh, like, for example, I just right now got a text from someone that he wants to join, it looks like. I don't think he's on, but Mamish, while we're talking. Uh, um, one of them is, um, obviously, Echad B'Tishrei is a major one, because what we discuss, the beginnings, we speak about Echad B'Tishrei, it's in the kitchen if you want. Um, Echad B'Tishrei is the beginning uh, of the year. We usually think about Echad B'Nisa and Echad B'Tishrei. There's going to be a lot of discussion about the two of them as being new beginnings of new things. I want to welcome Rabbi Goodman, who's here with us, or Michal Goodman, from, originally from Chicago, but now in Eretz Yisrael, who's who's joining us, which is beautiful. Thank you for being there with us. So that's the first thing. That's Abba Rosh Hashanah is, is starting with that. And, we, and, and there's going to be a lot of discussion in the Gemara trying to figure out why is the beginning of the year for this on this date and the beginning of the year this on that date. And we're going to discuss, it's going to, there's going to be a numerous amount of psukhum which we're going to get into. That's the first uh, part of the Masechta. The second part of the Masechta speaks about Kiddush HaChodesh. Kiddush HaChodesh uh, um, the, the Pasuk that we use for Kiddush HaChodesh is actually the Pasuk for Rosh Hashanah. Pasuk says, Tiku B'Chodesh Shofar B'Kesel Yom Chagenu. There's a Pasuk which is obviously talking about Rosh Hashanah, Tiku B'Chodesh Shofar B'Kesel Yom Chagenu. Yisrael Hu Mishpat Aloike Yaakov is a reference to uh, the Choyk and Mishpat is a, is a reference to the Kiddush HaChodesh. And there we discuss how Kiddush HaChodesh works. And there's a lot of different details. And we learned it in, uh, in, in Yeshiva and there was basically two different main different time periods. And we're gonna and one of those will also splice, but the two different ones are when we're Makadish Alpi Ri'iyah and we're Makadish Alpi Khajban. Makadash Alpi Ri'iyah means that you had Adam that actually saw the new moon. And when they'd see the moon, they would hurry to Bezdin. And sometimes it was quite a trip because they could have seen the moon anywhere in Eretz Yisrael and had to make their way to Yerushalayim. Once they got there. So then the Bezdin would interrogate the Adim, and then Bezdin would be Makadish the Chodesh. So what's interesting to note is in the times when they did Makadish the Chodesh that way, they practically never knew it was Rosh Chodesh already um, at night. That's the reason why, I don't know if you know this halacha, if you miss Yalav Yavo at night, you don't have to repeat it because the night they never really knew it was Rosh Chodesh. They basically only found out the next morning because the Adim saw the moon at night, and then they had to hurry to Bezdin. They couldn't go to Bezdin at night because Bezdin doesn't sit at night. So they hurried to Bezdin. And the next morning, they were Makadish the Chodesh, earliest. Sometimes they're Makadish the Chodesh, like towards the afternoon. <laughs> anyway, that was the one way of being Makadish the Chodesh. The other way of being Makadish the Chodesh is Alpi Cheshman. When we saw that either Bezdin wasn't uh, you know, functioning so well or, or we were going to go to Gullis or the Sanhedrin wasn't Bim Kaimam, whatever it was, they started to be Makadish Alpi Cheshman, which means that, that the Chachamim knew how to calculate when the Moilid is. An interesting thing. The Moilid means when there's the new moon. But 
we don't we can't actually see the new moon because it's such a thin sliver. The Gemara says there's 24 hours you will you will not see any moon. There's always 24 hours. It could be that the old moon is so small that you can't see it. it could be that the new moon is so small you can't see it. But between the two of them, there's always a gap of 24 hours that you can't see the moon. Therefore, if someone says we saw the moon. Uh, yeah, in the middle of the night here and the end of the night there, we're like, no, it can't be. So what do you mean? It's the old moon and the new moon. No, no, it can't be. There's 24 hours where no moon can be seen. Anyway, so um, so they were able to mechashin the, the moilet, but the moilet doesn't guarantee that that's going to be Rosh necessarily. As we know now, they, they, they say the moilet and Rosh can be a day off or something like that. That's the other way of doing Kiddush HaChodesh is through Cheshman. Now, even when they did it al them, there was also a certain discrepancy. We can splice that. And then there was times when they did it, um, and when Bezdin knew, they used uh, a, um, a system of, of communication, which was called, um, they called it uh, the Maduras, I guess, when they would go on the, the, the top of mountains. And the Mishnah speaks about that they would do a formation with a bonfire or with a torch, and then someone seeing that formation from a distance, he would then know that it's Rosh Chodesh. So he would go on top of his mountain and then do his formation. And then it would, like, it would pass on that way, um, almost like uh, passing the torch, basically. Um, but that also had to change because there was a group of people who had an agenda and they wanted to uh, manipulate when Rosh Chodesh was. So they, whatever it was to their, their best interest, they would go on the mountain and just wave the torch, even though there was no Adam and no nothing, right? You can't rope, rope off a mountain. So therefore, we had to change that too. And we sent out Shluchim. So what Bezdin did is the moment they found out, they sent out the Pony Express and the Shliach would go as fast as he can in order to tell everyone when Rosh Chodesh was. And that took some time. And for that reason, we ended up with which is why we have two days of Yom Tif in Chutzlaretz, because till they found out, it could have been quite a while, and they didn't know which day was Rosh Chodesh, so therefore they would keep two days Rosh Chodesh. So that's the second half of the Mesechta, which is speaking a lot about Kiddush HaChodesh. The third half of the Mesechta, the third part of the Mesechta, speaks a lot about Shoifrois and about the Halacha of Tkiyah Shoifrois. Shafer, interestingly enough, it actually is not just blown on Shabbos. The third parak is, you know, is very fascinating. We'll get back to that, I guess. Uh, it's not only blown on Shabbos, it's also blown on, on uh, Tanis, and it's also blown on Yoivel. So Yoivel is sometimes referred to as Yom Kippur because it's blown on the Yoivel, Yom Kippur of Yoivel. Um, but there is a difference between which type of shayfer we blow, perhaps, and if we blow, or, and also this concept of blowing chatzoitz rice. There's actually uh, on Tainus, the mitzvah hayoyim is actually with chatzoitz, so we blow, but we don't have to blow a shayfer. So there's all different halachas of shayfer, of blowing the shayfer, blowing with brachas, as we mentioned. You you blow, they blow the shayfer together with, um, together with the malchus, zechrinus, and shayfers. How do you format? Amalchus, Achronis, and Shoifers is Amachloikas, and all the different discussions of, of how it is that we uh, make uh, uh, the, the, do the Tefillah and the Shoifer. Um, now, we do Shoifer together with, uh, with, uh, with Davening. Uh, the Briskirov points out, based on Arashi, that a Shoifer is a Midi de Tefillah. 
And then we spoke about, and, and, and we get involved in a few other small things, like you don't blow shofar on Shabbos, and, uh, um, because, uh, because we're afraid you're going to carry, and, um, and other things that are different in the base of Mikdash, and other places, for example, we know the halacha of, carry, of shaking the lulav, in the base of Mikdash is on seven days, and, in the rest, uh, is, and the rest of the Medina is only one day. And all different types of things. Those, those, that's basically the breakdown of the of the of, of the Gemara Rosh Hashanah. So again, I would say there's three basic parts to the Masechta. Um, there's four prakim, but three basic parts. The first part is discussing the different Rosh Hashanahs, different halachas, speaking about Kiddush Hakodesh, and then speaking about Shofar. The first parak is uh, a lot about the different Rosh Hashanahs, uh, the different types of Rosh Hashanahs, which will start the Mishnah. The second parak is a lot about Kiddush HaKodesh. The third and fourth parak is about Shoifer. What's interesting is the third parak actually starts with a Mishnah called Ro'uhu Bezdin, which is all about Kiddush HaKodesh, the first Mishnah. But from there on in, Mishnah, Mishnah, Mishnah is about Shoifer. So the Mepharshim asked the question. It's a very strange format. And in general, I want to tell you, I have, actually have a friend that his name is Rabbi Eric Coopersmith. Who, who like maps out why Rabbeinu HaKadosh made Mishnahis the way he made them. This one I'm fascinated to know, um, like how, what, he, you know what he comes up with, because it's very bizarre. The beginning of the third parak starts with a Mishnah in Kiddush HaKadosh, and that was the whole second parak was about that. And the whole third parak is about Shoifer. Just the first Mishnah is about Kiddush HaKadosh. It's very interesting, um, but that's the breakdown. So I gave you a basic outline of this, Let's try to learn a little bit. We'll start with just with the Mishnah. As I said, today's really just a soft opening. Tomorrow, hopefully, we're going to do more. But the first Mishnah says, Arba Rosh Hashanim Heim. There's four different Rosh Hashanahs. And the Gemara is going to explain to us how it came up with the magic number Arba. But that's a magic number for us. Four different Rosh Hashanahs. And the Gemara is going to discuss each one. It's going to be a little vague for us right now. Be'echad benisun Rosh Hashanah le'malachim u'leregalim. Echad Nisan, the first day of Nisan, is a Rosh Hashanah for Malachim and for a Golem. What does that mean, Rosh Hashanah and Malachim? The Gemara will speak about right away, but we'll, I'll just give you a little bit of a peek. And that means that when they used to uh, date Shtaris, they would date Shtaris to a person's, uh, to an honor of a certain person, to, his, um, to when he became king. It's not very different than the Goyish date that we have now. I think it's called the Gregarian calendar. Because the Goyish date that we have, 2020, is not from anyone's count of when the world was created. It's actually from the life uh, of, of someone that they consider their Messiah. So therefore, so they, out of like, uh, respect for him, they gave the date 2020. So it's really not a great date for us. As a matter of fact, one of the proofs that Columbus was actually Jewish is because the dates in his, uh, in his letters were dated not to... Uh, to the date of uh, B.C. or A.C., but rather to the Chorban Habayis. So that's a pretty rock-solid proof that Columbus was actually Jewish. Though, uh, I don't think we should publicize it too much because the Black Lives Matters would just be about the Columbus Day because uh, he had slaves. So let's just leave them. Let's not mention Columbus. Make, you know, the people get upset. Columbus had slaves and whatever. So we just, I actually asked Rabbi Beryl Wine. He's a big historian. He told me this. I said, why don't, like, they publicize, like, the letters from Columbus had a base hay on top of them, okay? It's like, you can't get more Jewish than that. So, you know, people wonder, was he Jewish, was he not Jewish? Uh, it, was, it was clearly Jewish. The only shadow, shadow, shadow of a doubt 
maybe his scribe was Jewish and he wasn't Jewish. Someone speaking? No. So, but that's very doubtful because again, the base, hey, maybe you could get away with that. But to date the Shtaris to the Churban Habayas, so the scribe wouldn't do that if Columbus didn't want to do that. So clearly, uh, Columbus himself was a Jew. He was a Murano. Um, uh, but my, I, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit. But the point is that, that we don't date to, no one dates to Brias Island when they write a star. So in the times when they were kings, out of respect for the king, we would date to how many years this person has been king. So, 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 the, the, so the, the, the Mishnah is referring to, and we'll get more into when we see the Gemara, to when does it consider as if the king has reigned for one year, for two years, for three years? You have to have like a cutoff, like a, a day that's considered to be that this is the end of his reign. Or else people are going to have to remember, like, did, when did he become king on January or, or uh, you know, Ches Mishvat. So we have to have a day, a cutoff day, that that way. So Al Kopanim, that is Echad bin Nisan, is Rosh Hashanah Lemalachim Uli Regalim. Regalim means the following thing. We have three regalim. We have Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. And the beginning is Pesach. So this is going to, the Gemara is going to attack this and say, well, it's not Echad bin Nisan, it's, it's the middle of Nisan. It's Tesvav bin Nisan is when we start Pesach. And who cares which one comes first or which one comes second? Here the Gemara is going to get into a discussion about Baal Ta'acher. The halacha is a person makes some sort of pledge. He has to fulfill his pledge within uh, a certain amount of time. It's going to be a machlok is how much time. But our Mishnah holds that it's three regalim. So we have three regalim to fulfill it. And our Mishnah holds it has to be three regalim in order. So which is the first regal? First, it's in Nisan. It's Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot. By the time Sukkot comes, if you haven't fulfilled your pledge, you're over on a lav called Baal Ta'acher, being tardy, being late. Be'echad be'el, Rosh Hashanah la'maiser behema. Echad be'el is Rosh Hashanah for maiser behema, which means that maiser behema is every, when a person has animals, he has to take every 10th animal. The same thing we have, same way we have maiser, it's a little different, but similar. You have maiser on your crops, you have maiser also on a person's, um, his livestock. So you have to take your animals and you have to send them through some sort of like corral. The 10th one is branded and that one is Meiser Behema. Uh, and that, that has to be from the same year. So, you, you know, a person has, let's say, nine animals that were born this year. He doesn't need to take Meiser Behema. He only takes uh, Meiser Behema from the animals of that year. So what's considered to be a year? So according to the first opinion, it's Echad Be'el. Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Shimon, Aymim. Be'echad b'tishrei is actually Rosh Hashanah Ma'aseh Be'ema. Be'echad b'tishrei Rosh Hashanah L'shanim, Shemitim, Yoivos, Natiyos, Yerokos. These are all agricultural things. That's what it appears like. We'll have to see what Shanim means. But Shemitah, we know, is every seventh year cycle. Yoivos, every fifth year cycle. Natiyah and Yerokos is also talking about uh, the dinim when it comes to Mitzvah Tluyas Ba'aretz. It's talking about Arla and, and Ma'aser. Um, the, the, so those dinim, Again, you, uh, there's a din of taking from one year onto the same year. So therefore, we consider the year Echad B'Tishrei. That's a big one. That's, what, that's when Rosh Hashanah is. Echad B'Shvat is Rosh Hashanah Le'ilon Divrei Shamay. And B'Shel Oymrim is Tu B'Shvat Chamish Aser Boy is Tu B'Shvat is the Rosh Hashanah for Ilonus. So we got to figure out how do we have four Rosh Hashanahs there. Does that include B'Shel B'Shamay? Does that include... Echad uh, We'll see. There's a lot of different. The Gemara is going to go through this, so we we'll get to the Gemara. We we'll see all these things.
So we'll just start. The, the Gemara says, So it says that Allah is for dating the Shtaris. So, So what that means is as follows. Who cares about the date of the Shtar? And let's say the date is wrong in the Shtar. Big whip. Why does that bother us? Like, why is it important to know, like, how we're dating the Shtar? The answer is, if you have the wrong date on the Shtar, the Shtar can be puzzle. Uh, if it's Me'ukhar, if it's, it's kosher. If it's, it's Muktam, it's puzzle. We're going to discuss that. Why is that the case? But a Shtar Muktam means that you, you did the Shtar too early. It's going to be puzzle. If you did the Shtar too late, it's going to be kosher. Now, who, ten, who stands to gain if you date the Shtar too early? That's the Malve. We'll see exactly what the gain is and why that's a problem. Who stands to gain if you, sh- if you date the Shtar too late? That's the Loive. The loyv is the one who lends, the, who, who, the loyv is the one who borrows the money. So if you date the shtar later, that just means that I borrowed the, shtar, the money later than I really did. That works for me. But if you, make, if you date the shtar earlier, that means I borrowed the money earlier than I really did, or the shtar says that, and that's going to make me look bad. What does that make a difference? We will continue with this, Beis Hashem, and more. Tomorrow, as I said, today we are doing a soft opening because... We're still trying to get everyone on. So those of you that are all geared up and fired up and ready to steig, I'm very happy. And we'll continue to do that. But I think that today's uh, in- introduction was very important. I feel bad for people that are coming in tomorrow. They're not behind the eight ball, but they're going to have to just jump out of the out of the gates pretty quickly. So tomorrow, Beis Hashem, we'll, we're going to go over this mission and continue further.